This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to News Laundry Hafta. I'm Abhinandan Sekri and a very happy Ganesh Chaturthi to you. Because of that festival, our song will also be dedicated to Vigna Harta Ganesh Ji. With me on the panel today, Madhu Trehan, Editor-in-Chief. Hi Madhu. Hello. Manisha Pandey, our award-winning journalist. Hello. <laughs> and Aarti Tiku Singh, who is our guest from the Times of India. Hi Aarti. Hi. Hi. I will just introduce you before we go into all the things we're going to discuss. Aarti Tiku Singh is a Delhi-based journalist and currently senior assistant editor with The Times of India. She is a Kashmiri Pandit, okay, and has always worked. Why is this? Who's who's prepared this? I, I, what are you, Manisha? Ye yeah. bhi to batao. She's a Kumaoni Pandit. No, but you're actually Gupta. Yeah, no, Kumai, I, I, Kumai. I really objected this uh, introduction yeah. because uh, I don't identify myself uh, so primarily glad. as Kashmiri Pandit. In fact, I was going to come uh, to that. We've discussed yeah. this once before in the hafta, but I'll just finish this yeah. and I want to come back to this. Yeah. You've done a master's in international relations and economic policy from Columbia University. Are you Colombia? Madhu is Colombia. I feel like you're both Colombia. So when you were studying that you go to Cartagena or is this a different Colombia University? Uh, no, well, okay. I was in New York, in New York City, so. Oh, achha, that's a different <laughs> Colombia. Shit, all this time I thought you were in South America. Yo, ole. No, He's trying to be funny. funny. This is overly <laughs> trying to be funny. This is called Koshish. Yeah. This is like called UNG Koshish. Koshish is a good thing. This is a very famous dialogue of a politician. No, but you know, I've had once before we discussed on Hafta long ago, Arti, that Kashmiri Pandits is identified as a community. Mm-hmm. Why? There were no other castes in Kashmir? Well, this is... Uh, are we debating this? No, is, no, I is just... Part is, of, part part of the Hafta, I'm curious. Yeah, sure. Well, the thing is it, that... Because, I mean, I ask yeah. because it's always yeah. the Kashmiri Pandit issue and I was no. always curious there's no other caste no, there. No, no. Historically, Kashmir hmm. did have all uh, the caste that the rest of India did have. Hmm. But when massive uh, conversions happened, which is around uh, 14th century... Uh, Kashmir, a lot of castes, in fact, most of the castes actually converted to Islam. And uh, a lot of coercive conversion happened in Kashmir under uh, Sultan Butchikan. And the only ones uh, who sort of escaped conversion were the ones who who left Valley. And uh, they migrated to South India for a long time until very tolerant and a pluralistic uh, you king know, took a over. king took over. So then they went back. Then they went back. Wow. So oh, the see. Brahmins, uh, you know, uh, of today are the ones who went back. And there is a legendary story that only 11 families were left behind uh, at the time and Butchikan was there. So that means there genuinely is no other caste there of Hindu So as before. of, no, as of today, among Kashmiri Pandits, there are sub-castes. Like there's a priest But they're class. all Pandits, basically. Uh, no, Pandit is a title. Pandit is a title because... Oh, sorry, uh, it has nothing to do with the Brahmin caste. No, Pandit specifically is a title. Simply for the reason that the Brahmins who were sort of, you know, uh, under, say, the Persian rule and the other Muslim rules, uh, kingdoms, they uh, were primarily into research and scholarship and, um, you know, they would uh, learn the language of the court. So they were seen as scholars and Pandit was just a title. Yeah, but what you're saying is, but they're all Brahmins. Uh, yes, you could say that they are Brahmins, but even within the Brahmin uh, caste, yeah. there's a stratification. So, but, okay, yeah. but but the only Hindus there were I, Brahmins. I mean, you will have to, I mean, you will have to understand it like this, that uh, Brahmin is essentially in the rest of the mainstream India is the priest, right? The the priestly class, the... Uh, in, the in scholarly class. Yeah, uh, the, the scholarly class. But 
in among Kashmiri pundits, uh, priest class is like a different caste altogether. And people who go to services for, you know... Uh, so they're not pundits. They, they're not really... They're okay. not the priest class. So there's stratification. It's a complex system. Okay. But now that we're on this subject, yeah. after the exodus mm-hmm. from Kashmir, has there been any return have people returning or not or has has there been any attempt to return or is it still too volatile for kashmiri pundits to t- to take that risk well uh, you see uh, soon after the popular government came into power which was in 96 after 6 years of governor's rule which started in 1990 there was a lot of debate on uh, return of kashmiri pandits and their rehabilitation in kashmir and every time the government whether it was faruk abdullah government or uh, um, Mufti Said government or Gulam Nabi Azad government, Omar Abdullah government, every time the government uh, spoke about their return, there was a massacre. There was Sangrampura massacre, there was Nadimarg uh, massacre, there was Vandhama massacre. Meaning uh, more Kashmiri pundits were killed? Yes, exactly. The people who had not left Kashmir were sort of attacked. So the message yeah, but, but, was... But so the, the but, message... But this has uh, been a major political point, even like f- first you provide security, a separate enclave, and then it shouldn't be an enclave. It had become political football, even till about yeah. three, four years no, ago, so I remember. So her question was that, uh, did Kashmiri pundits go back? Yes. Under Manmohan uh, Singh's uh, government, there was... Uh, uh, employment package given to Kashmiri pundits under which they had to go and live in Kashmir to get employment. So uh, around 2,000 people did go uh, in the last, uh, I think, but ever since, you know, this whole Burhanwani um, crisis erupted, the pundits who had gone back and taken up employment and were living in camps, they did not go back to their houses because most of the houses are either destroyed or burned down or uh, not habitable enough. So they went back to the, the secured camps. These are This is like a double, uh, <laughs> it's like a double whammy because once they got migrated in 1990 and then they got back to Kashmir but not to their houses but went to camps. So they live in the camps and every time there's a crisis in Kashmir they get attacked by stone pel- pelters. So that's the current status. The Kashmiri Pandits? Yes. In the Kashmir podcast, uh, Pandit has spoken about this. They, I mean, the pelting of the houses. Yeah. It's happened uh, several times. In fact, it used to happen even after Pakistan used to beat India in mm-hmm. a match. He's yeah. spoken about yeah. that. It's, it's all and in And that's going to happen on Monday. So Tuesday, whenever it is. Yeah. Now I must also throw in my plug line. When the public pays, the public is served. And when advertisers and governments pay, advertisers and governments are served. Support news laundry. Pay to keep news free. Support independent media. So a whole bunch of stuff happened this week. Vijay Malia caused this whole storm which occupied prime time yesterday. By the way, News Laundry prime time is back. So you can tune in on Wednesday on our Twitter handle and you know, our whole staff is going to watch the prime time news and tweet it out so you don't have to. So Vijay Malia claims he met finance minister for leaving India and today we are seeing demands to check the CCTV cameras on how long the meeting was and where it was. In German Kashmir, confusion over the verdict or the Supreme Court verdict that decriminalizes homosexuality, whether it applies to state or not. In fact, there's a piece in scroll on it, which hopefully gives you some clarity. Then Serena Williams controversy, whole gender issue blew up. And today I have three ladies 
on the panel i'd love to discuss this because i want to see how <laughs> we're how all we, up for it <laughs> how we perceive it differently then people excluded from the final list of the nrc will be disenfranchised and deported says ram madhav and on this the bjp is i think playing good cop bad cop because amit shah had said that 40 lakh log illegal hai he had like clubbed all of them painted them all with the same brush and then later the bjp said no there's going to be appeal and then we will only decide radnath is like the nice guy who's so, like no 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 one will be targeted so, so now they i think again ramadas is playing bad cop and now some will play good cop and i think they also used subramanian swami for that with the hall 377 issue with him saying that it's there'll be gay bars and we'll all become we'll all be running around the streets saying yeah. oh, oh homo aa gaye homo aa gaye maro but swami is still i mean even after the verdict he's So, uh, on and one interesting article, which uh, it's actually Supreme Court has made an observation. Uh, well, not the Supreme Court. A judge has made an observation during an event. I'll tell you the judge's name at the P.D. Desai Memorial Lecture Series. Justice Uday U. Lalit said that media must regulate itself in reporting on criminal trial. And I will discuss with the journalists on this because I think this impacts all of us. But first, um, I would like to read an email, if I may. panel start sure. with this email go ahead this email is from swati puri swati says not all nl content is created equal some of it goes behind a paywall this is what nl wants non subscribers to pay for the full interview with vivek agnihotri was initially billed as a product for subscribers only in a follow up email abhinandan said he interviewed agnihotri because i believe i should try and talk to people from the other side of the ideological spectrum especially the ones i disagree with two inferences that may reasonably be drawn the interview was considered equivalent to other premium nl content it was a somewhat earnest attempt to engage with ideologically opposing opinions except in hafta 188 we were advised to not take the interview seriously because it was intended as entertainment a circus if you will do us all a favor and call the interview for what it is subscription bait spare us your disingenuous surprise at the interview's popularity for fuck's sake you made it go viral you packaged <laughs> the interview to provoke extreme reaction but now express disdain for those who lapped it up real classy and sure go ahead and criticize new yorkers flip flopping on steve bannon par soch lo aap khud kitne pani mein ho if you really want to engage with people who you think are unhinged perhaps you should do so on your own time and dime if the intent is to orchestrate a bit of theater to tempt non subscribers go ahead but please quit whining about people's tendency to gravitate towards ridiculousness when you are the source of said ridiculousness if you think the discourse is garbage please own up to ways in which you are actively making it worse this holier than arnab spiel is feel fooling precisely no one best swati <laughs> So <laughs> I I disagree with her on one point. I disagree with her on five. Yeah. Which first you <laughs> on one the most serious point is as if an interview is orchestrated to turn out the way uh, you want to for clickbait. When you go into a journalist when they go into an interview there is no way you can predict which way it will go it can go south it can go really badly it can go well depending on how the person reacts and you are not in control of how the person is going to deal with it hmm. or answer your questions so there was no way you could predict that vivek agnihotri was going to say a fact is not a fact <laughs> so, okay, so this was so to put a uh, sort of and in fact the idea to put it behind a paywall came after the interview right yeah i think so exactly it was after, after the interview, interview. it was after the interview yeah. no also we had discussed putting up half interviews earlier we discussed it a yeah. couple of weeks ago so he just happened to be the but, first yeah, one but it wasn't as if we planned that we we're going to do this we had uh, done the thing. same thing with constitution but swati a couple of things uh, one is a i don't know why you're so angry but i'm sure you have your reasons uh, which is fine uh, two what goes behind a paywall 
and what doesn't is actually quite fluid i'll let you know because maybe you've been following the vivek agnihotri interview constitution the first two episodes were in behind the paywall episode 3 we put it behind the paywall and even now depending on the u u i a d i the basically aadhar ruling whenever it becomes big news you put it in front of the paywall we promote you put out tweets and you pull it behind the paywall because aadhar is big during those days same thing happened when we did one on judiciary when this whole thing judiciary versus the center happened you we put out some in front of the paywall for a bit you know we tweeted out and then you pull it behind the paywall so stuff that goes in front of the paywall and behind the paywall yes of course it's subscription bait no one denies it Uh, so there's nothing so holier than thou about it on whether that content gets more mileage i think it's a fact and i'm not surprised by it and i don't know why you think i'm complaining or making fun of people i've been a television producer for most of my life i'll tell you i'll give you an example we i we used to make a lot of food shows and whenever we had these major food connoisseurs talking about food and this is not politics it's food it was it did not have the kind of success that this other show that i did called high on a plate had which we used to end you know a session on chettinad food with with like rocky mur used to say you know chettinad food is very spicy it can burn your bum if you don't believe us cast peach dambaram now that, that was a quality <laughs> of food critique uh, but it did really well i understand big boss will also have more, always have more audience than 60 minutes and i've said this on the hafta so no one's being holier than thou but yes when i think something is going to create revenue i will pull it behind the paywall because we want to create resources so we can do more ground reports which is what we should be known for but if something else gets us clicks that is i had put on hafta once before if anyone you know when that that other thing that went viral that me dancing like vijay shekhar yeah so i said on hafta you guys want me to come and dance come just just guarantee me 1 lakh subscribers on news laundry so that at least our reporters can report i'm happy to dance this particular interview the noise that it created only happened because when it was put up a lot of people made fun of vivek agnihotri and that caught him off guard and his response and the spin and all that happened only because he didn't like what people were saying about him that not madhu i've interviewed him once before where he said that i went to delhi to bombay to interview him. i was in bombay for a conference on the way back i interviewed anupam kher and vivek agnihotri and on that other rajiv whatever guy, the guy who i called dude malhotra uh, he said i made abhinandan say cre interview me he came to bombay dude i won't even go to bombay to interview amitabh bachchan because it is not going to get any traffic i'll be spending what flight there back hotel camera cost 25 30000 so aise kharch denge i'll spend that money to go into vivek agnihotri i've interviewed him once before it was a benign interview nothing happened here he came and he said something ridiculous i've cracked up as a chalo iska ab bhai if god gives you lemon make lemonade kyun also swati um, if you have any ideas of how to make the revenue model more fair in your view where it is not clickbaity and when should we pull stuff behind the paywall when should we put it out do give suggestions i think we have a system that insulates our journalists and reporters from uh, worrying about uh, doing stuff that is clickbaity um hopefully i can do that but if you have any ideas of you know how we make the uh, the paywall less holier than arnab uh, happy to take your suggestions let's start off with this whole vijay malya controversy just i'll put context and then you know madhu can come in first and then we'll go this with the ladies yesterday vijay malya came out for a smoke break and uh, during his court appearance and everyone pounced on him saying that you said you met arun jaitley he claimed he said it because you know someone asked him a question and i said yeah i met arun jaitley before i came and i said i wanted to settle and he says you guys i just want to make a controversy around it and of course he gave the media people a lecture on journalism i was like hal hadoga yaar ye to hamara kaam hai hafte pe karna 
मान लिया जी आप हमारा काम क्यों कर रहे हैं एंड देन समन आस्ट हिम गुड थिंग अबाउट एज अ पैक इज एवरी वन कैन बी अन एवरी आस्क एनी क्वेश्चन नो डेंजर मेकिंग फूल योर सेल्फ पर्सन सेड वाई यू टिप्ट ऑफ एंड देन यू वेंट बिकॉज यू आर टिप्ट ऑफ दैट यू वॉन्ट बी रेस्टेड ए Did the person turn expect Vijay Mallya to say yes? I was actually I was tipped off by X Y Z. I was, I mean it was the, even Vijay Mallya looked at the guy saying what kind of question is that? But that became the circus and it was on prime time across all channels. However, the Hindi channels didn't pick it up. We did prime time last night. So two questions: A, how credible is a Mallya claim which he says was casual or walking in Parliament? And how big a deal is it? I mean, has anything changed significantly in the case? Yeah, Arthi, come in on that. What do you think? Well, um, my tendency is actually to stay away from Congress versus BJP debates on social media, mm. and I think uh, Vijay Malle is one of those topics which is totally, you know, Congress press versus BJP press, and it plays out day in day out, you know, day out on social media. Having said that. Um, I think we must remind ourselves that Vijay Mallya is not the only culprit in the system. It's an entire system which's been fed both by the Congress and the BJP and all other political parties that have stayed in power. Uh, they scratch each other's back when in opposition they make lofty claims that they're going to get all these corrupt uh, corporate leaders and all the uh, political leaders and when in power everything changes we did hear a lot about you know um, bjp made very tall claims about wadras and gandhis and yeah what five years have passed yeah, yeah nothing, exactly nothing, no and one, nothing has happened you know we nothing has moved in the vadra case either we keep hearing this it's it's good political rhetoric it's uh, good to keep you know ordinary middle class lower um, classes uh, you know engaged in these topics because your blood boils i uh, who's you know slogged you know my way up um for me there's a certain cynicism that has sort of you know uh, over the time uh, developed and i feel oh this is all bullshit as a citizen it's all bullshit as a journalist it's all bullshit but it's then as a really journalist is it a story that is significant enough to occupy prime time um no i don't think uh, it's it was that big a story in fact i saw some of the comments uh, in which uh, one of the journalists i, I think pro government journalist said um that um, you know oh so malia is trying to defame arun jetli and then the pro congress journalist said oh so Uh, so far whatever you know malia said was all biblical truth and, and suddenly, now suddenly it's not yeah <laughs> so it's not so uh, but, so uh, this but there's certain facts of this case uh, one is that you know while both sides sound hollow the former rbi governor raghuram rajan did say that the maxim npa loans you know happened between 2006 and 2008 and it was very hot he said the over optimistic bankers and that's not just true for india the world over the the what they called the hot money the way it was mm-hmm. flying off i mean mm-hmm. even lehman was an outcome of hot money just being you know mm-hmm. flying off the to to anyone and everybody you know over leverage 10 is to 1 leverage 15 is to 1 leverage was happening back then so it was a it it, it was something that happened during that time the bjp said dekho that means congress is to blame but he also said that he made a list of the people who he believed were indulging in fraud mm-hmm. and sent it to the pmo and the pmo didn't do anything about it that of course the congress said they could they are to blame but the fact is that after this guy's 9000 crore was under scrutiny his election to rajya sabha happened after that when mm-hmm. even the bjp backed him mm-hmm. so i mean <laughs> i don't know how anyone with 
half a brain could argue one way or the other that you know x was responsible y was responsible but manisha today uh, republic has taken a case of a maoist a retired maoist where um, pathar singh i think pahar singh pahar singh sorry where he has said that one of these uh, dudes was arrested yeah he saw him at a uh, at one of the meets yeah yeah so i've seen the same person actually say how can you trust a convicted felon on the run where they talk about of course he's not convicted mm. but a, mm. let's say a, an, an alleged accused. accused on the run vijay malia mm-hmm. and the same person i've seen say that oh dekho this a uh, accused uh, maoist Common what he's saying you have to say what what he's saying is mm. true mm. but yeah just on the two issues could you on malia if he said that i told him basically he said i met him unofficially outside parliament i told him i'm leaving for london if jetly knew he was leaving for london that that raises a lot of questions it's worth jetly has denied that he was leaving for london he has denied that but it's one claim versus the other and subramanian swami has always has sprung up and said that there was a lookout notice which was diluted after he met someone at the mof i don't know so, jetly has denied saying that he is leaving for london he has Okay. He, 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 says he said he never mentioned London. Okay, he, he just said say, I want to settle. Yeah, and it was not a uh, planned meeting. Ha, that is and, so. And he took the advantage of being an MP. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so he approached him with yeah. papers which Jetly didn't take. But the thing that I question is that I think he's bringing up Arun Jetly is not a big deal. Uh, I don't think Jetly did anything wrong by listening to him. Hmm. But but what does raise questions and not pointing to Jetly on this? There has to be some people within the organize within. the administration or government area or customs or whatever there are people who were involved who ignored the fact that here was a man who was about to be accused which was public knowledge at that point for his the kind of things the kind of money he owed the banks that he was leaving and he was allowed to leave much yeah, much I mean, like quatroki like he yeah. left just before he used to be arrested and here i think such a he, high profile case i mean at the top level the If someone really didn't want to leave, he wouldn't have left. What I'm saying is, yeah, this cannot be absolutely. my point. Yeah, but it can't happen at the mid level. I'm saying no, it can happen in the mid level. It can happen. I mean, Nirav Modi, for example. It can happen in the mid level. It can happen at the lowest level. That is where work usually yeah. gets done. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody must have, whether it came from the top or the middle or the bottom. The point is, there has to have been collusion to allow him to leave. Yeah, of course, this collusion. Would have, but the point I'm making is, the lookout notice was diluted from block to report. So someone. did kind of and then what is remarkable but, i but find who, is that the british uh, courts hmm. the british courts asking to show whether his living conditions in indian jails are acceptable uh, on hmm. a humanitarian level is beyond bizarre because if i was to be accused in a case in london hmm. and i said i cannot go to jail because there is a threat of rape in jail hmm. mm-hmm. which is common in mm. british and american jails mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. particularly for men does that mean that i will not be convicted because i don't want to go to a jail that is uncomfortable or that is dangerous no yeah i think you won't be extradited if you're an indian citizen for example the logic they're using is that he is a permanent he has a permanent residency of britain so therefore they owe him that if you're an indian they'll say go home go extradited but if you're if you have that status of permanent resident then they will make sure that if they're sending you there yeah, it has I, to match I, I their think, i think i think madhu is touching upon another thing uh, 
uh, Indian state doesn't really bother enough for its yeah. uh, Indian citizens, citizens abroad. Sure. Uh, so UK is of course a different uh, kettle of fish altogether. Any Western country, will, the US yeah, or Sweden, the West, any of these yeah, countries exactly. would, yeah, mean, they would definitely absolutely. make sure that it has so with to... With CNN was running like visuals of the Arthur jail showing, look, it's so beautiful. And it's actually not a bad jail, yeah? There's no humanitarian issue. Did you see that But jail? I saw the visuals, it's the good, best it's jail a good bathroom, it's yeah. got a good uh, ventilation and everything. It's not a... Inhuman jail from we any angle. We discussed that in Hafta, yeah? That guy who was like, he did a bomb blast. I don't know how many people died in one of these Scandinavian countries and he was complaining that the he was complaining that the the view is not nice enough from his window or the Scandinavian where? countries there is saw that they I have saw that. a full apartment like, to themselves the Delhi University students would want to be in that jail yeah the college is, uh, yeah. here is that so of course they, they make them comfortable in every way they have mm-hmm. private television a washing uh-huh. machine a kitchenette everything in their room, cute room yeah. and then the person who is interviewing <laughs> him <laughs> saying then, how is this a jail then he says but they've taken the most important thing away from me which is my freedom I can't see my family I can't see my friends yeah, but I, th- I think so it's a very civilized uh, way of and that is why uh, in Germany I mean they've they don't they've done away with the death penalty and there's a very interesting case of this one serial killer who told the judge that put me away because I will continue to kill but he says we don't kill people it's I don't know this might sound very I mean politically incorrect but India is not as civilized as the West I'm sorry to say that mm-hmm. uh, we are at a stage where you know uh, to even uh, make this argument that you know death penalty is uh, is, is should, yeah is barbaric no one is willing to listen to this uh, especially because uh, that's not how the uh, justice is done on the streets I mean the kind of lynching that happens yeah, yeah of course uh, the lynchings that are happening yeah, that, yeah. that's enough about that yeah. that that gives an insight into the kind of society we are so we are like um, not just miles but I think uh, light years away from civilization actually it's not just what happens on the street the fact is that even one can say a mob doesn't have a mind but when you see people defend that yeah in you know heat of the moment is gone it's one week or are old. silent about yeah. it uh, yeah. th- that is th- you know that yeah. is what yeah. shows our what, where our collective yeah. conscience is yeah. but sorry Manisha you were saying something before. Mm. but okay so uh, anyway, the mouse so, thing we can discuss after the Arun Ferreira the interview then that just Republic, go for it right now because I don't have much no, to say no it's a it curious then. interview because it's uh, A Indian Express interviewed them on Sunday this man on Sunday and it was a good read to anyone who has any romantic notions about the Maoist Naxal movement will be cleared when you read this guy because he talks about the kind of things that are happening and the guys who are really getting pisoed Adivasi in the middle hmm. but this interview is it's four minute long Op India got it Op India then gives it to Republic and Republic and Op India running it together it's a four minute interview where he says I've seen Arun Ferreira you've had people like Ajay Sahi who've said on record that we've always known uh, Varvara um, one of the guys I forget his name was a sympathizer hmm. and was probably also in touch but to what extent does this prove the plot to kill the Prime Minister to not ask those basic questions and then just run this one story saying that oh he saw the activist at a meeting but Any, this Pahar Singh is in police custody so you have yeah, to he's get in police, police custody. So uh, obviously Op India was called to do it or they approached or whatever. I mean, it's a... But I would say that even if you want to do an interview that kind of takes the government side or puts forward their point of view, you'd invite a more... You'd have a more journalistic sort of a setup of an interview. It's bad quality. You can't hear what's happening. But by voto, they, that doesn't even happen. Primetime anchors, there are no follow-up no, I'm questions. I'm sure like Republic ko bula lete interview lene ke le, it would be a better quality. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Achha, so, okay... Um, 
Madhu, just you, uh, you've seen it? No, the, no, I haven't seen the video. On yet. the related mm-hmm. issue, when you got uh, Bitta Karate, uh, when you interviewed him in custody, and you also interviewed uh, Memon. Uh, Yaku yeah, 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 Memon, yeah. yeah. Um, she was the only one to do that, yeah. right? In yeah. both interviews. He was in custody yeah. with the IBN. Yeah. Bitta was done by Manoj. Yes. When you, I, and I'm not saying 80s are the same as 2018, but when you get that kind of access, how much freedom do you have to push the narrative that the government would want you to push because the guy is in custody? Like, in one line, how credible is the interview? You get what I'm saying, right? Like, how would you judge well, that? Well, I had no instructions on what to ask and what not to ask. Uh, Yakub, I don't think, knew whether I was a journalist or whether I was another interrogating officer. Hmm. He might have thought that this is an, an interview that is being filmed. Mm. So he stuck to his story that he had, in my view, manufactured. Mm. And, and just no matter what I asked him, which way I asked him, he'd always just keep repeating the same thing. I, many times in the interview, I said, it's hard to believe what you're saying. I don't believe you. It's, incredi- it's not credible. But there was no pressure from Raw IB to mm. stick to any line. They did not brief me. They did not say, don't ask this or ask this. Um, it was done. Uh, I got the interview purely on a personal contact. Hmm. I got this interview, in fact, when uh, my we wanted to play squash at the Gymkhana Club and I decided to become members. And they have what is called the British thing of at home where they check your manners. Hmm. And uh, I happened to meet this raw guy who is also applying. He was that time posted in Delhi for membership. And we got to talking and we forgot about all the manners and everybody else that I was supposed <laughs> to go and meet in Gymkhana committee and all that. And we just started talking because I said, so you have this one person, you know where he lives. Why can't Indian Raw go and get Daud? Hmm. It's such an easy thing hmm. in my mind. <laughs> so, um, so we got to talking and everything and he then started telling me all the things that they were doing and how many things they were successful with against these people who mm. ha- who were responsible for mm. the bomb blasts mm. in Mumbai, Bombay at that time. And I said to him that, listen, unless you tell the Indian public who is so demoralized and we do nothing, the government does nothing. The government was really in a shithole because everybody thought it's a useless government that does not respond to this violence and is just talking peace, peace, peace. When people who had suffered felt that they wanted this, hmm. the Pakistanis and the uh, terrorists to be taught a lesson. So I said, you have to inform the public that you have your successes. And that's least. what was your that's hope what to get was. the interview. I said, okay. you have to inform them. You have to make the public know at least that you have done this, you have done this, you have done this. So, and I then called him two, three days later. I said, please keep it in mind. And I kept bugging him. And then they, then they got Yakub Memon. Now, one thing I want to add in there, because when, before he was going to be executed, couple of channels called me for an interview. One of them was Rahul Kanwar of India Today. Now look how journalism goes. He asked me, and this was a question that was being repeated on every single panel that I was on. And he asked me that, how is it that the Indian government backtracked on an agreement that they had made with Yakub Memon that if he surrendered, then he would be allowed to go free? Or the family would. Or the family. I asked him once, I said, have you... Can you show me one instance at any point in any conversation from any raw official? In fact, the raw official who was who gave me the got me that interview was also on the panel. Hmm. I said, can you tell me one instance 
where this has been said or agreed on or even hinted at by raw or ib there was one journalist who started the rumor he said ke agar wo aaya hai to raw or ib no, but, did, but he also but did he make that claim You see what this journalist who's very pro Pakistan for some reason an Indian journalist said on camera that the raw and IB made an agreement and they backed backed so Yakub had made this claim no a journalist okay so Yakub has never said that he no, was given no okay. he never said it in the interview so the uh, point is uh, I think she I, quoted uh, she quoted Biraman right sorry ha this, jur- this, ju- this journalist Biraman. so this the journalist, point yeah. is the point is that when one journalist or one person starts a way of questioning that question is repeated unthinkingly by a series of journalists across True. the board when there was no truth to it hmm. nobody made a deal he was there were other reasons why he came and there was a motivated thing of why raman did it also sure. um, oh, yeah no so uh, i think you make a very valid point because a journalist quoted uh, b raman uh, at a time when b raman was not alive so uh, hmm. so the whole um, you know credibility of the claim is under you know scrutiny okay i have another email to read this letter is from amit so sarla Hi Abhinandan and the team I subscribed to News Laundry for the past 1 year and this is my first email this is about hafta episode 188 the Vivek Agnihotri interview though this is not officially a discussion item for this episode it was brought up during the podcast hence my comments i found the interview very difficult to watch i'm not a fan of Vivek Agnihotri as he seems to have a very naive or linear way of thinking having said that i felt the way you interviewed him was also incorrect your bias and more importantly he being a smaller mortal and disdain for his view was apparent the way the interview was conducted It was as if you wanted to make a fool of him and you need not have tried too hard. B that brings me to the next point which we were discussing part of the podcast Steve Bannon and the New York uninviting I agree with your points that the platform owner has the right to decide whom to give the platform to and there is some line or a lakshman rekha one needs to draw in terms of who you want to put on such a platform. I think the team at Hafta categorized Steve Bannon incorrectly as he was still very recently part of the White House so he cannot be said that his views were something that the outside the lakshman rekha He is akin to India's Yogi Adityanath, and however much one may differ from his view, you cannot deny a platform to such a person, as it does represent a point of view. I would request you to listen to Arnab Ray's attention please podcast. Arnab Ray goes by the Twitter handle Great Bong, and he's also appeared as a guest on Hafta. Yeah, I know. And uh, then he goes on to say that Hartosh Bal, while he likes long reads and caravan, he finds Hartosh Bal's talking about Modi doesn't come across as disagreement, but comes across as hatred, and that's why it colors whatever Hartosh says journalistically about Modi. Anand Vardhan, thank you for bringing out the point of the right to peaceful travel. Sorry, Mr. Hartosh could not get what you were trying to say, but you're absolutely right that not every place is a jantar mantra, and I have as much a right to peaceful travel as a right of dissent or freedom of speech. Thanks, Amit. Thank you, Amit, for that email. Um, I will just react to the bits that you have mentioned about me. I wasn't honestly trying to slap Vivek around or anything. I thought it was a conversation which we'd have since he was in town. and when i got to know in town i asked kartik check if he wants to come and we'll chat because i've done a conversation with him in bombay i so yeah but i mean i just want to share one thing with our listeners you know i interviewed the lawyer for the nirbhaya rapists jyoti singh all of you know what a horrific rape that was and the lawyer who was defending them one thing is defending them i think everyone has a right to defend defense court but that guy's utterances even outside court that she deserved it she was asking for it during my interview with him he said that even a 6 year old girl who's lying on a platform is asking for it if she's not wearing enough clothes now you could say i should engage the person like that as an equal i don't think so yeah you know 
it's a grey area. There's no black and white. It's not math. My judgment call on that may be different from yours. But I think if a person goes so bizarre, I personally find it very hard to conduct a serious conversation. I'm trying to engage with you. Then I will slap you around. I mean, then according to me, you're an idiot. So, I mean, just to give you an idea that even a man who said something that reprehensible, there are certain people who felt a sympathy for him because they thought I was being very mean to him because that's where he comes from. So, even they are right. But what I'm trying to say is that after a certain point, you can't have a serious conversation with someone, even if you try. That's my point. Sorry, anyone wants to add to that? Yeah, I think uh, you make a fair point that uh, after a point, uh, you cannot uh, take a bigot very seriously. Although as a reporter, and I mean, I've been in field for a very long time. And at times, you know, uh, you had no option but to actually listen to uh, absurdities Mm-hmm. and absolute you know bigotry and hateful commentary of of people um, and just absorb it as a reporter and uh, not start yeah, fighting them yeah. which so, many people expect uh, you the, to the the one of the uh, one one of the thumb rules was that you know you do not react and uh, but does it mean that i do not think or i do not judge uh, no we do think and we do judge except that in our copy at the end of the day we do not sort of uh, Sure. Show it. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to cut in one more email from Arvind Nangalia. Hello, Team News Laundry. This is Arvind Nangalia, computer engineer from Surat. This statement has been used twice now in the recent haftas. Quote, the debate on that issue, example, racism was settled years ago, but recently it was opened, unquote. Unpleasant arguments shouldn't be the basis of denying a speaker the right to present his arguments. If you disagree, be brutal and ridiculing, refuting those arguments. Only exceptions can be if the other person doesn't believe in the right to speech himself. Be it racism, bigotry, immigration, even slavery. If we are on solid ground, why, why fear refuting or ridiculing? And conversations are the only way to bridge that divide, right? Well, actually, uh, Arvind, when you ridicule, some people say you shouldn't ridicule. But anyway, Arvind goes on to say, quite often the holier-than-thou attitude of liberals, left liberals, has the opposite effect on the other side. Treat no issue as settled. Be prepared to make arguments. Recommend revisiting the short on liberty by John Stuart Mill. Love the work you're doing on a... Sp- and a special thanks for making Media Rumble available as a podcast. Please do that with your interviews if possible. Regards. Thanks, Arvind. Agree with much of, your say, of what you're saying. But I don't think one should revisit every argument because it impacts future generations if they think it's normal to be questioning that men, um, that, that women are second-class citizens. If, if 100 years from now, you still are having that debate, I think we have failed as a society. Um, so, Manisha, now coming to the case of the nun who has alleged rape and she's been, I don't know, today it may have changed, but at least till yesterday, she had been interrogated five times and the guy she had accused had been interrogated once. Uh, you might want to give us a little background on it. And whoever's written the copy for this has said the rape. Karthik, have you written this? Oh, Manisha, the rape of a nun in Kerala has taken an ugly turn with beep like PC George and Mission of Jesus coming in support of the accused bishop. Beep? You were using beep? I mean, because... <laughs> you were weird at this thing, relationship with abuse. Sometimes no, no, because, you'll, like, you'll go all ahead no, no. and then... Uh, but I like, will hmm. not call someone a chutia except myself. I will use the word as a generality, but I'll not say ex chutia hai, at least not on the podcast. So, what I'm saying is here... This the was me. Word has it's been such a beep-worthy thing that PC George. So, <laughs> and the, anyway, so yeah, tell us, uh, and what do you think of the coverage? A, uh, sorry, before you come in, I think the first people to take up this and run wall-to-wall with it was NDTV and Sneha Koshi. 
they did huh. not let the story go they took it up in the morning i remember watching it it was like wall to wall before it was taken up by the rest of the media i think ndt has a bit of liberal guilt also before someone asks them ki oh now you're not going to talk about kerala they are like no i think it's they because are, they, they have feel a, like nahi nahi no i think it's just the geography if there's a case in gujarat they don't have any bureau in gujarat or rajasthan they have seen a question is a very good report because they have even. someone there i think that's why they went to that anyway oh, <laughs> good okay uh, Seha so, Koshi has been doing some good reporting there, but this case, so the FIR was filed in June. The interrogation happens in August. Everything is done. The police files uh, their report to the High Court and says that this guy is, uh, you know, he has been committing thirteen times. He's raped this nun, and he's, they've done everything. And they go, and the High Court is happy with whatever has happened, whatever the investigation has been. But somehow this guy just does not get arrested. They go to Jalandhar. His men. He makes the police wait for four hours. His men beat up the media people who've come there, and there's just no arrest. Wow! And when did this happen? All this was happening. That's when it really became. That's when the protests. Why uh, news started reporting it. I mean, there were reports on it since June, but mm. why we picked it up was after the protests of the nuns mm. who came out and who finally said that up, sab kuch ho gaya. Why is this guy not getting arrested? Mm. And then you have people like P.C. George. He's a repeat offender. Apparently, he said a lot of nasty things. Say things like, you know, she's a prostitute and all that. He says these things, and the nun actually cancels her first press meet hmm. because a, you get she, intimidated. You get yeah. intimidated, and obviously you're worried. Like, and it is sometimes. I mean, these things like this, I really wonder about how much of free speech should be. You know, because even yesterday you had every panel discussing this. You had one guy on the panel just questioning this nun. Yeah, how could she have been? You know, but she was smiling. But she was seen happy. 13 times it is not possible what is the point of this the point here is okay whether he is guilty or let's not pronounce him guilty but there's an investigation there's a procedure no other regular person could behave like this bishop is behaving yeah and, and then you have the missionaries the of cops. jesus saying we think he is innocent and all that Mm. and kerala church obviously these guys are very powerful and whatever whoever whichever party they back it's very important for the parties to be in the good books of the church so that they can get that capture the vote bank that these guys have and hopefully i think there'll be enough pressure and this guy will be arrested i hope so right but uh, but so far yeah, it, but it it's funny because so many people in the media were like should the vatican intervene and i'm like dude vatican has been sitting on child sex abuse for like for a so decade long, yeah. decades who hasn't yeah. done anything on his yeah. last public visit yeah. there was so much of apprehension uh how he would be received which is a real question mark because in never in in recent history he being pope uh, mm. has there ever been fear that the pope is unpopular and this has really brought a different color to the catholic church mm. and the fact of their l- lack of response lack of reaction yeah. lack of any activity covering it up not taking action all that it's really reprehensible so and there's a uh, he's apparently called for a global meet to with to all with all the bishops to address the problem of sexual abuse and there was this case which is in the us that's been prominent as 300 priests being accused of sexual abuse of kids across six churches the vatican apparently the highest authorities knew that this was happening they didn't do anything about it and one of them ha- apparently happens to be a church fr- uh, priest from bangalore news minute has a report on it but well, it okay. is like this hold of the church is just it's shocking yeah but i but i think it's it is, it's really overall i i think the kind of coverage it's getting is great i think yeah. these are important issues because actually they they intersect on a bunch of things one is it challenges religion which mm-hmm. generally culturally we don't challenge in fact arthi uh, you've put out something on tweet right someone burnt a geeta or something um, oh yeah uh, that controversy in amritsar 
in Punjab in, Ch- in Chandigarh okay. in Chandigarh yeah. is she a theatre artist no 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 okay she used to be a journalist uh, her name is Rajni Shalin Chopra hmm. she used to uh, write for Daily O and uh, other newspapers um, hmm. and I think she yeah no she worked with the Express for a very long time I see yeah okay. Uh, and she's a friend because um, she runs this NGO which does uh, dialogue uh, among stakeholders in Jammu and Kashmir. So that's how I know her. And um, she basically uh, tore uh, apart a few pages of uh, Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. It's quite funny because she's having a tough time tearing it. It wouldn't tear yeah, easily. Yeah, hmm. exactly. She's struggling with it. <laughs> yeah. So she tore apart a few pages of uh, Bhagavad Gita and while you know being a Krishna Bhakt herself mm. she's uh, hugely into religion and uh, I would say um, not just religion but also um, somewhat leaning Hindutva because she does mention Hindutva in the video itself mm. and the ho- whole point of her uh, so to say I mean sacrilege was that uh, that look, law look, of yeah. Amrinder Singh. The yeah, that, yeah right. exactly. That Captain Amrinder Singh, who is going to legislate uh, and bring in a law against blasphemy, is is ridiculous because no one can really shake my faith. If you are a believer, you know, if you really believe in Krishna or Allah or whatever God or Prophet you um, believe in, ripping uh, apart. The yeah, these these trivial things shouldn't really so, affect your. So you, so your, you have tweeted your, your endorsing belief. that kind of defiance so, of no, that so law. I, so so my my tweet was simply that you know I like the fact that here's a believer who is coming out on you know in public and saying that nothing can really shake her faith. These uh, you know incidents of sacrilege or so-called perceived blasphemies do not really change anything as far as her belief, uh, you know, is concerned. And, uh, of course, you know, my endorsement was also uh, for challenging Captain Amrinder Singh, Mm. uh, who I think is uh, going down a regressive uh, line of thinking. And uh, there was so much uh, abuse and so much outrage uh, that, uh, you know, and I think some people have already filed police cases. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Like, you know, Uh, uh, there's all sorts of other, I'm I'm not surprised, on Twitter, Hmm. I've said this before, Twitter is the lowest, like, conversation. uh, If you're talking about complex issues and big, I mean, otherwise it's a great way to communicate and, and connect with people. But... If you want to really discuss an issue, surely hmm. Twitter is not the place. Hmm. But the one bit I saw was that why did she not tell the Quran or the Granth Sabha? Yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, I think it's very basic. And I'm wondering the people who ask that question, have they like left their brains behind? If I'm to challenge something, I will do it by challenging it in my faith. I that was the, the point Quran. she was making. Yeah, no, but exactly. obviously she many is people a don't get it. She's a practicing like if, if, Hindu. If someone yeah. is a Muslim, I'd expect him to challenge the Quran or yeah. challenge, you know, his, this thing. If someone's a, it a comes Christian. from a personal space. It's yeah, your so religion. You so understand. Yeah, this is very yeah. serious. The sacrilegious law is very serious because it is, in my mind, doing exactly what Advani did with the Ratyatra. Mm-hmm. They're bringing religion into politics mm-hmm. in Punjab, and that is a very dangerous step. Yeah, this is we've gone down that road once before. Yeah, yeah, we've been through that road, and it's just not the right thing to and do. You have to Ar- see Arminder this. is being very short-sighted in this. And uh, while we're on Arminder, I don't know if we spoke about this before, but I think the article that Shobha Day wrote about Arminder and his, ah, his Pakistani friend is 
completely cheap and tacky and uncalled for. Yeah, Manisha had made that point in that hafta. Hmm. I think yeah, you have to see that video in the context of her challenging blasphemy. She's not just tearing it just hmm. for fun or for yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's the it intent. Is, she's making a point to on the blasphemy law, and I think it was absolutely fine. But this again, like a lot of people will. I am personally very. I would not challenge or critique Islam the way I would critique Hinduism because this is my religion. It comes Every from a personal space. Also, it, it, you, yeah, there's uh, a certain right that you have yeah, over it, which you right don't have. Over it is yeah, more. no. I think uh, I think uh, there's another point here. I, uh, being an atheist, I would I would like to criticize uh, every religion, including Islam. But I think law law in this country is not on my side. That's uh, true. Yeah, it's not on my side, and I will be booked. And I probably somebody has already registered a complaint, which which is all right. I will fight it in court if there if it comes to that. Did you say something? Yeah, uh, no, no I didn't. Just, just the very fact that I endorsed that woman is sort of okay. Uh, <laughs> it has hurt someone's sentiments, and you know, our country aren't allowed to hurt people's yeah. sentiments. Yeah, there's a new ministry created, the Ministry of Hurt Sentiments. They should just go there. <laughs> exactly. So, but the thing is that law is not on my side. I, you know, uh, law does not permit me to criticize religion in this country. Uh, and why should why should only you no, know? But we can like I am. Mm-hmm. I can make fun or criticize Islam for uh, the talaq issue, mm-hmm. the four marriages issue, the diktat issue, the fatwa issue. No, you can on any issue, but yeah. I think Arti is right in the sense that the way it's drafted, yeah. hmm. if they want to come after you, they yeah, can. I mean, they can. That's for example, it. you it's can't show vague. a picture of a because prophet. Yeah. Sacrilege has not been defined in that in yeah. that law, yeah. so you don't know. It could be anything. Maybe uh, they should go after Shobha yeah, Day. Uh, no, uh, that was if, you, if, you, if you remember, you know, uh, after the Danish cartoons, uh, this woman... Shani Abdos, yeah. Yeah, uh, who, um, who pub- uh, reproduced those cartoons in her newspaper. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's, no, I know the one you're talking she about. Yeah, that's that. Shireen Dalvi. Yeah, 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 she yeah. was correct. Yeah. She was yeah. the yeah. only female editor yeah. of an Daily. And Urdu Daily. She was hunted out. We reported on it. We reported on that as well, I remember that. I remember... And the law, and the law... Allowed that to happen because exactly. the law endorsed that kind of hounding. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. I remember one of the editors, whether it was a statesman or um, or Telegraph, uh, he was arrested for reproducing a piece which was written by a UK author uh, criticizing Islam or something. Uh, this was mm. a few years ago, I think ten years ago. Yeah, of course, the uh, laws so, are completely ridiculous, so and they will they will keep them vague because that. That just helps the establishment. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. I have an email from Arijit Sarkar. Hello, News Laundry team. I've been a subscriber for well over two years, and I have to say, I love what you guys stand for and what you're going and what you're doing with the platform. In particular, I love Hafta, and I haven't missed once since I first started with episode number 50. I've been toggling with the idea of writing in for a while, and while I'm certain this will not meet your word limit, I hope your decision to not read out non-subscriber email increases my chances. A couple of comments based on episode 188. I would title my email "The Tale of Two Anans." First, one of the things that sets you apart as a media organization is your transparency and openness to feedback. You're reading this mail out loud on the podcast or putting it up on your website is proof itself of that. However, I find it very strange that emails that ask about what happened to Anand R, that's Anand Ranganathan, and you never choose to respond to that question. If you're reading out an email with the objective of responding to feedback, it's a bit weird to time after time ignore that question. Of course, you don't owe anyone an answer, like you said in the case of the Panjana's departure. Every exit need not be explained, but it should certainly be acknowledged and has and has been. 
until anand's in the case of anand you basically left your audience to figure out for themselves that's normal for a digital media house but very unlike nl second we often hear people write in and say that they value anand vardhan on the pod because he brings diversity of opinion and while i disagree with him 8 times out of 10 i certainly value him as a dissenter that said it's important for the listener to hear him more often and on more topics when he is present by nature he is not vocal so he is unlikely to pipe up on every topic but given the balance he brings it's important he be encouraged to speak more that's my rant love your work and your spirit it's important to pay for news and not pay peanuts because serious journalism requires money it doesn't necessarily invalidate the ad based model which is why i happily pay 15 dollars a month to nyt as well in my honest opinion but that's my view regards so arijit um you know ever since news journey started maybe 40 50 maybe 80 people have come and gone and i have not discussed why each of them came and why they left i will i do owe everybody a uh, full disclosure of who is right now in any position and who is not uh, anand was a consulting editor he has not been for the last uh, i don't know few months and i believe now he's consulting editor at at swaraj but uh, you know many people came and left um some people you know went because they got better jobs like karthik and then he came back because he missed us so much and we are such lovely people uh, some people left because they didn't like me because uh, i may sound very nice and wonderful and happy on the podcast but i can be a horrible i have an ugly side like we all do some people left because they didn't like the bathroom here or uh, some people left because they didn't like the work here uh, i remember one person left early on because i caught him stealing now i didn't discuss each of those like why you know different people do for different reasons and they if they want to tell you they can tell you um or why you know the so people come and go for different reasons and the idea is not to make into reality show ki big boss house mein kaun aaya kaun gaya kisse jhagda hua kyun hua i think there's there's transparency and then there is voyeurism if there are disagreements i think if they are relevant to the people as subscribers we should bring them out if they aren't who wants to share with, with uh, you know others they're free to but the expectation that you're talking about is transparency i think is an expectation where i've got a lot of mails of you should step in when anand and meghnath had that disagreement on twitter i uh, am the ceo of an organization where i employ adults i'm not the headmaster of a school where i step into every disagreement that happens So yeah I hope that explains it uh, we'll tell you who is a part of team news laundry and who is not why or why not is something i think uh, is beyond dignified to kind of get into and the second thing yes i agree anand he's not very uh, you know uh, he doesn't talk too much so one really has to anand vardhan vardhan mm-hmm. one has to but he's got him. a very strong personality and he does speak on every issue he's always has a take on it but i think after it. a certain point he he won't like dig his heels in our position he like let it go mm. which is also nice i think it's mature i think i yeah. think he digs his heels in rather well really yeah okay i don't know i and one thing lovely about him is that he's now developed some sense of humor yeah he's yeah some of you trying to subscribe from outside india uh, would have been facing some problem in the last few weeks that you're not getting the otp because rezape asks you for an otp before you can actually make the payment there is some issues coming up in some of the rezape payments from overseas in which case i su- suggest at least to fix that glitch you use paypal to subscribe send your paypal payment to prashant at newslaundry.com and send us a screenshot to subscription at newslaundry.com with your name and email or whatever you've subscribed from so i repeat send a paypal payment to prashant at newslaundry.com and a screenshot to subscription at newslaundry.com and from the back end we'll activate your subscription at least till we can finish this otp problem for uh, potential subscribers from out of india 
Okay, so now quickly on the next issue, I would want the ladies to tell me, you know, this whole thing happened of the US Open. A cartoon came out, an Australian newspaper had a cartoon where they showed Serena Williams as this crying baby with thick lips, you know, exaggerated features, jumping on the racket. And a whole sexism debate took off. You know, Madhu, you want to start, Arthi, you want to start. Did you see the whole thing? I'm not a major tennis watcher, but just because of this whole debate, I said, okay, let me see who I care. Did you watch it? What is your take? And did you see the cartoon? And mm. sexist, yeah, I racist? saw it and I saw the t- uh, cartoon. I don't find the cartoon objectionable. That's how she looks. It's being uh, overly politically correct. I mean, what did they want? A white-skinned person with thin lips? That's not how <laughs> Serena looks. I think she's very comfortable with being black and she's very comfortable with her lips and whatever else she is with her race. I don't think she has any problem with it. I don't see why anyone is... It's just being like bending over backwards. As far as her argument is concerned, there are many tennis players, male, who have had issues like this and who had bad tempers. John McEnroe was one. He used to smash rackets. And the other one was that Romanian G- guy. There was even Jimmy... What not Jimmy Carter? Bol tha, what? Jimmy Connors. Jimmy Connors, haan. yeah. Haan. Haan. And uh, so there have been quite a few who have hmm. had tan- tantrums over the thing. Uh, I think she was within her rights to have a tantrum. I think I'm not you know, saying that she did the wrong thing. Maybe according to tennis etiquette, she was wrong. But as far as I'm concerned, on a personal level, I think she's entitled to have a tantrum and I wouldn't judge her on that. What I do object to is that to suddenly bring it into as a feminist issue. I don't see it as a feminist issue. Because if people objected and uh, and they did object to bad behavior by male tennis players, which they have many times. Jimmy Connors was not praised for his tantrums. Hmm. He was really criticized for it. In the same sense, she was criticized for it. So take it like a woman. Hmm. You know, there is no reason for her to have brought the feminist part. And I am getting increasingly, as from the event we witnessed last night with this lady who came, I'm getting increasingly sensitive and apprehensive about uh, the feminist Cause being played with being in unrelated misplaced issues. and being used in areas by which undermining the feminist cause. Right. Hmm. Manisha? I don't watch tennis at all, but again, I did watch this one because everyone, Ayush and all our colleagues were talking about it. When I watched it, I was honestly, I was like, this is not, I mean, she very politely says you're a thief or whatever. I was expecting her to really lose it. I mean, <laughs> what I'd heard. So I was like, this is <laughs> No, she's very like, you're a thief. <laughs> She's very polite because when you see because I've also seen some men like losing it throwing their racket she was out of it Mm. my daughter said she's in postnatal mental state so I didn't think she was specifically rude but then I read some at least very good piece in New York uh, Times that talks about like yeah there are men who do worse like there's men I've seen some videos where they're smashing the racket calling the referee a jerk and like really being assholish and getting away with it. But this is one of those tricky places where you, it's very easy for you to do what about re, but you shouldn't because the point is not that men get away with it, but the point is what you shouldn't be getting away with and what is the game all about. And she was wrong in the things that she did. And the referee has his right to sort of pull her down on that. So while there is context, it is true that there is sexism. You can't say uh, that sexism is It's like a murderer saying, but you know, he got away with the murder, why can't I? That is, I think you got to be careful about that. Well, I agree with uh, Madhu completely. And uh, I was just thinking about cartoons and uh, just, uh, I was just reminded of uh, Neelab, who was uh, a cartoonist with uh, with the Times of India. Mm. 
and he used to run this you know series uh, of cartoons based on the characters in the office mm. which people probably didn't notice never in fact uh, <laughs> figured mm. out that oh these people whom uh, uh, you know nilab is portraying they they probably don't exist but they actually exist and uh, the first time he made a cartoon of me it was uh, like uh, <laughs> this woman with a very thin waist and a very prominent bust mm. so <laughs> and i was like i thought uh, you know for a moment i was like mm, okay what does it really mean you know and then i thought hmm big deal you know if that's how i look and that's how i appear to him or to an artist or to my colleagues then he's completely entitled to show me in that light so i kind of agree with madhu that the cartoon was not objectionable at all racist or sexist yeah racist mm. but uh, a lot of i saw you know a lot of reaction was you know uh, in the direction of feminism and racism and i have a suspicion and i could be wrong um, because just this is just a hypothetical situation if it were a white uh, woman uh, throwing tantrums uh, i think you know uh, there would have been a lot of outrage against that Her as well yeah okay. yeah you against know, against that you know, uh, woman cartoon the problem was also that he whitewashed the other player who she's, also dark she's a person Japanese. of color and yeah. he's made her all fair and she's not as dark she's uh, not dark uh, but she's like he's completely whitewashed her which was i found that more objectionable no i i don't i don't i don't find that objectionable because i think the cartoonist clearly uh, sort of uh, took a position on the episode by and by showing uh, serena in the way he did he clearly took a stand thing saying that you know she is which is fine which is cartoonist yeah. too i yeah. think i mean the way i saw it was you know uh, back and i've articulated this in office back in the day when there was only doordarshan so anything that would come on tv you'd watch so i used to watch wimbledon although i was never particularly fascinated with tennis and i remember 1985 when boris becker won he was this young 18 year old who came out of nowhere and he won the wimbledon final i don't know whether you remember that final but it was it goes back in history like for me you know jordan's final shot as a as bulls in what 99 or 98 or i don't know uh, uh, football zidane's goal you know that volley that he hit Boris Becker's victory was in that league. For Naomi Osaka, this could have been that moment. Yeah, exactly. It could have been where this young girl yeah. who is yeah. not a contender comes and yeah. beats, beats Serena. Yeah. But what Serena did was she took that away, away from this young glory. girl. She took away her glory. And the whole thing became about Serena. Serena yeah. and her and also uh, I remember there was uh, who was the name of, I asked you before who used to grunt a lot while doing <laughs> <laughs> the big Ste- grunt Steph Monica Seles no, Monica uh, Seles used to Moni- she used to grunt. shout quite a bit yeah she didn't grunt no, but no, she used not to not Chris but from like, the yeah. and i remember the the youngsters would not say anything hmm. but if she was playing someone like a hinges or a, or, or or a well known player like Steffi they tell the referee just tell her to pipe down i mean hmm. this is not okay hmm. similarly if it was a Steffi or someone like that at the other end and Serena was behaving like this i do believe that player would have gone and said look i cannot play with this kind of behavior yeah. happening yeah. this is breaking my concentration yeah. but because this she was a young girl and she couldn't say anything because she was overawed by this girl yeah. i think that is the flaw with what how serena behaved yeah. and i agree with madhu i think you know gender is thrown in 
by places where it doesn't belong. But yeah, I mean, how come it becomes uh, an issue of feminism uh, after this woman having played and won for 24 times? Like suddenly it becomes an issue of feminism and racism. So for 24 years or 24 times, no one was racist and you know against. Oh, it is comparable to when uh, Aziruddin Azharuddin. Azharuddin was accused of. Um, match fixing mm. and taking money and he said he's being targeted because he's a Muslim, Muslim. Mm. the Muslim mullahs said you didn't bring up the, your Muslim when you were ma- that captain. you were being targeted mm. when you were made captain yeah. so pipe down but yeah. I think at the same time one has to acknowledge that yes there is sexism there is. in tennis that, I mean I think there is there a context is, and there is racism I think that's true and we must be aware of that yeah, but absolutely. this I this don't was think not, it was a demonstration yeah, of, of yeah, that. Was, and, uh, you know, <laughs> even though she uh, said, you, you thought that it was very uh, yeah, a very polite <laughs> way of, uh, but she made an accusation. She she questioned the integrity of the empire. I think that was totally uncalled for. Okay, now I have this one, um, you know, article, which is actually in the scroll. And I'll just read out a little bit from it. Uh, its headline is Media must regulate itself in reporting on a criminal trial, says Supreme Court judge. The press must regulate itself in reporting on criminal cases and not disclose details of the investigation as it can end up helping the accused, said Supreme Court Judge Justice Uday U. Lalit on Saturday. PTI reported he was speaking in Ahmedabad as part of the Justice PD Desai Memorial Lecture Series. And then goes and talks about stuff that how just journalists will refrain from XYZ. You know, um, before I give my take, uh, you know, quickly, you know, a minute and a half, can you just tell me? What is your take on such an advice being given to journalists that information that you have, don't use it? That's okay, I, ha- my I, ha- I have a take on, on this. Uh, I think uh, he is both uh, correct. Uh, I mean, both right and wrong. Uh, right to the extent that, you know, several investigations, um, let's say the, uh, it's a case of a terror network or terrorists. And there are a lot of details come out during investigation, which can hamper investigation, you know, further and which can also uh, put uh, lives at risk, you know. So I think uh, there has to be some, um, I would say, self-regulation on part of journalists as well. Uh, For example, you know, uh, Barkha still draws a lot of flack for her, you know, the way she covered, you know, 26-11. And... um, I think a part of the uh, flag is legitimate because... But she wasn't alone in that. All the channels were yeah, showing she, the live exactly, yeah. images. So you're right. Mm. She was not the only one. There were others also. So there are there are things, you know, there in during the course of investigation, during the course of trial, I see a lot of, you know, reporters writing either the defense counsel, f- from the defense counsel papers or from, or from the, uh, the prosecution. There are reporters who do a fair job also, but you know, yeah. we've discussed this yeah. Arti before... Um, and Manisha, you can just come in after this. We were talking about that spy. That is he a spy, is he not? You know, you give away Indian spy, alleged spy who was in Pakistan. By the way, what happened to that? That story's fallen off the map. Um, but, uh, so yeah, what has happened that, to that? So that case that is he a spy, do you give details away about that because it may compromise his life? And my question was, would you have the same rule if he was a Pakistani spy in India or a Sri Lankan spy in Bangladesh? It could jeopardize someone's life. But if you have that information as a journalist, you take a judgment call. I'll put it out in the public domain if it compromises the Pakistani spy's life or the Sri Lankan spy's life. But I won't put it out in the public domain if it compromises an Indian spy's life. So then there are two standards depending on the nationality of the person whose life will be impacted. But my concern with this is, I think 
you know, his lordship should advise the investigating agencies that you should have regular briefings and make sure there are no leaks. Because I think if you're a journalist and you have something that is true, putting it out is purely a judgment call. And I don't think anyone can necessarily, you know, accuse you of doing something unjournalistic. If but it is Abhinandan, accurate. Hmm. When, during the Arushi case, when the CBI, and first the police was giving press conferences and planting stories kind of things and giving said. wrong information in those press conferences and the media was lapping it up and running with absolute wrong facts. And then it was only after many investigations that the truth started coming out slowly when the second CBI team was formed and all that. What happened on the television television channels, particularly what Arnab did, I think Arnab was solely responsible for influencing the this Ghaziabad uh, district court judge on those two going to jail for four years. Now they're released, but I think he really influenced the outcome. But is the fault there with that uh, guy, I think he was Hardar who was holding the press conference of the cop, or of the people, of the cameras there. If that is what the guy is saying in his press conference, why will the media not run no, it? No, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, exactly. You can't just lap it up, I think. I, I, think, think, question it. Sure, I think, question it. No, that's no, what I'm saying, uh, that when they give these press conferences, our press cannot take it as gospel truth because it's coming from the official side. I agree It can with you also completely. be questioned. Sure, and that was not questioned as as now is happening with the so-called urban noxels. They are giving out information. But why isn't it being questioned? It is being questioned, actually. By some. But now it's, you know, now the two sets. Sorry, Arthur, you were saying? I'm saying that, you know, um, it's very convenient for media, I mean, for us, uh, media professionals, to say that, well, you know, we, uh, you leaked out information or we had access to information or we knew these facts, so therefore we put them out. However, I think we do need to have some kind of, you know, um, our own discretion to understand whether that information is really in public interest or not. Sure, uh, that's a judgment call always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, because there are scenarios, uh, there's a classic, uh, at least in international relations, there's a classic case of the ticking bomb, uh, you know, uh, syndrome. That if you have information which is going to cause massive destruction, will you, you know, uh, will you share it with the with with the police or with even though you're not supposed to because your journalistic ethics sort of hmm. bar you from uh, because this source told you in confidence. Hmm. So will you go to police and say that you know this is this going to happen? Be planted on the yeah, sure. yeah. So that's that's the judgment call that you have to take uh, in the larger interests sure. of people. Uh, I don't think you know media can get away with uh, this. That you know we're not responsible. We got the information. FIR start sheets, uh, public court records are public. I mean, there can be no law or advice against media reporting from it. I think when regulating, I think you should regulate. I think what really needs to be regulated is media trials, not really reporting on the basis of what the police is doing or what's happening or the court proceedings, because this is in the public domain. You cannot have a secret investigation. I mean, a charge sheet is a public document that we can quote from. Uh, so are uh, court orders and judgments. So they can't, I mean, I think a better advice would be to not do your own trials rather than <laughs> like... Right. Hmm. Um, well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for, Arti. We will just close, but we'll first get recommendations for everybody. Uh, I'd like to quickly come in and say, please subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free because when subscribers and the public pay, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. We need you to support journalism because it costs money, it takes resources, and we hope you will support 
independent journalism. So, uh, you want to start first, Arti? What is your recommendation for our listeners? Um, I'm going to make two recommendations. They are interconnected. Uh, I'm going to recommend a book called uh, The Blank Slate by Steven Pinker. It's a 2002 book and it's a book, it's a case against the uh, claim or the theory that uh, human mind is a blank slate. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Um, why am I recommending this book? Uh, because uh, just uh, two weeks ago, uh, I went for Vipassana. Vipassana is a technique of meditation. And uh, being an atheist, this might sound, you know, religious mumbo jumbo, but this is not, uh, this has nothing to do with religion. Vipassana uh, is a meditation technique which was taught and practiced by Buddha himself. And all it does, and it's taught, the technique is taught in around uh, 130 centers around the world. I went to Bombay for 10 days. For 10 days, you remain quiet. You remain absolutely yeah, silent. Absolutely right. sure. hmm. uh, you do not uh, talk to anyone. You do not read anything. You do not write anything. You have no reading material. You have no writing material. Your phone is off. You are disconnected from the world. You live like a monk. And it's all uh, a-religious. Uh, there is no religious preaching. Is the preaching. course your recommendation? Yeah, the course is my recommendation. Oh, okay. What it does is it makes you uh, see your own place in this world in a 360-degree view. Manisha, your recommendation? I'm going to recommend Vivek Call's two-part series on News Laundry on the fuel price uh, hike. So it'll give you a good perspective on what's happening right now. Chalo. And uh, Mani, uh, sorry, uh, Madhu, your recommendation? Uh, one, I would recommend the film Stree. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. That was a nice film. Have you seen it? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I laughed mm. my head off. Mm. <laughs> it was a really it was fun just film. wonderful. I and last week, I recommend And I'm such a sucker, I jumped every time. <laughs> yeah, I also couldn't <laughs> see. Even when I knew it was coming, even then I jumped. Huh. Oh, God. Yeah. But Rajkumar was so good in that yeah, movie. It's a beautifully so scripted film. And the dialogue is remarkable because very often in uh, in films you find that because it's one writer who's written it everybody kind of sounds the same mm. with the same genre but in this it's very clear that each character has such a different distinct style of speaking in terms of tone and language and choice of words that I love the dialogue okay I have two recommendations one surprise surprise I'm recommending a piece by Tavleen Singh it's called The First Lynching It's in the Indian Express. Three years after the murder of Muhammad Aklaq, there is no remorse in his village. There is a sense of menace. So she goes back to Muhammad Aklaq's village and talks to the villagers there. And she finds that, and I quote her, the lynchings have made too many ordinary Hindus believe that it is open season on Muslims and have created in ordinary Muslims a sense of being second class citizens in their own country. So I recommend this for two reasons. A, Ms. Singh is not exactly known for her lefty views of you know she is seen But as someone but you know one to, thing to put hmm. it in context Tavleen Singh in the early 70s when she first became a journalist was one of the few journalists women who actually did the best rural and village reporting yeah we've discussed that in yeah, Punjab she even always on, went even on, she always Bindra went yeah. into the depths but I just I think it's an important one because many people who have been rejecting the whole insecurity narrative uh, would do well to read this because she is convinced of something she wasn't earlier And at least to me, this is um, an important piece because it is from the ground. It's not just an opinion piece written, you know, sitting here in Delhi. So, yeah, I th- oh, I'd I highly recommend this. that. Okay, I'll read this, yeah. And the second piece I recommend is, that's one of the reasons you're listening to this podcast, people. I started listening to podcasts and got hooked on to them because of a podcast. It's their 10th anniversary. 
on September 12th. Planet Money's first podcast when Lehman happened when they explained the whole debt crisis. So they have reposted their first podcast and when I you know heard it 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 brought back memories of you know back in 2008 when i got hooked on to podcasts and that's when i said we must do podcasts on our own of course i had been listening to them for years and then we got an opportunity to do it here so i recommend these two podcasts uh, these two pieces and i finally end with a request to subscribe thank you arti for coming appreciate it nice to share your views and i'm sorry if i offended you in the introduction um, you said you don't yeah. like to be identified <laughs> as a kashmiri pandit uh, yeah but, but uh, i'll do what all good leaders do is i'll just blame kartik <laughs> yes <laughs> all right you're forgiven i think a lot of kashmiri pandits do carry that i mean even rahul pandita somehow his identities were important it is true for you also a lot of people but she do. doesn't I like know. to be identified no as i that. don't no, 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 I but have, i'm saying it's a strange burden that kashmiri time and again uh, pointed it out that i don't like to be identified as a kashmiri pandit primarily because i don't identify myself as a kashmiri pandit primarily because uh, you know one of the fundamental uh, lessons that i was taught while doing conventional uh, you know journalism was that you leave your identity behind when you enter this field and uh, but uh, since journalism has changed so much in the last 20 years now it seems like i'm living in an old world where actually you, um, you like this podcast that we're doing on objectivity which should come out in a week or two uh, which talks about all these does your personal identity biases matter but i don't like being identified as a bengali luckily i'm not but some people still think i am so hmm. that really offends me hmm. <laughs> oh, you're going to get so many hate mail i'll get so much hate mail from das babu and Das Capital. But but on that note, thank you for listening. See you guys next week. Do check out our NL Primetime, which is back on Wednesdays. We will tweet the news out so you don't have to watch it. And like promised, today's song goes on to Ganpati Papa. Please, Vigna Vinashak, take out all the Vignas in our way and get people to subscribe. Tell them to spend less on, on you know, maybe buying more ducks for you because you're not going to eat them. and tell them to buy subscriptions on news laundry yeah thanks ganesh ji until then then bye bye chala si chalti hai aankhon mein jiske dil mein tera naam hai parwahi kya uska aarambh kaisa hai aur kaisa parinam hai dharti ambar sitare hai uski nazre utare dar bhi usse darare hai jiski rakhwali yaar All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.